to the. You should never mind. What? I'm gonna have him no, school you ahead. on Aloha later. It's okay. Not uh, yet. Aloha. Oh, God. And welcome <laughs> to the 17th episode of the Have Aloha We'll Travel podcast. The 17th annual. The no. seven, yeah. Wow, you have a great voice. No, but it's not annual. It's 17 bi-weekly. Bi-weekly. <laughs> Might as well be annual. I have, with old, or with me, as always. Catherine Todd Fox, stop hitting the table. See, you always blame me for hitting the table, and I think it's you. And it picks up Anyway, lines. Kevin Allen, we're with Hawaii Magazine. We're with Hawaii Magazine, and we have with us Kainoa Danes. Danes, yeah. Danes. We were going to talk about Ask Hawaii first. I know, but I wanted to introduce him because he already talked. Oh, all right. He's oh. the director of culture... <laughs> And product development for the Hawaii Visitor and Convention Bureau. Bureau. Which is a marketing Bureau. arm Bureau of Bureau means Hawaii. a gig. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> That's actually how I spell it because I don't know. I, I have trouble pronouncing Bureau. 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 So you spelled it Bureau? Yeah, I spelled it Bureau. For pronunciation purposes. Oh, for pronunciation God. purposes. That's wrong. Oh. That's okay. He's a communications major. Right. Yeah. yeah. Was, Which I is a... Didn't want to take science. So HBCB is a marketing arm for HTA Hawaii Tourism Authority. Yeah. we're the So primarily right now, it's just U.S. though. Okay. But we do have the content stuff for all the other international contractors as well. So he's an expert. He's oh. an expert. In marketing he, the islands. He pretends to be. To the people who are all listening to us. And we're an expert in answering questions about oh. the islands. Oh, is this your bad segue? This is a good segue. It's a terrible segue. I like it. I, I, you, I like it. Like him now. Thank you. If you look at good segue in the dictionary, it's, that's, it's right there. Oh, Kevin Allen. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> so... Uh, we have started a new weekly uh, video feature on our Instagram, Hawaii Magazine, at Hawaii Magazine. Um, it's every Friday at 12 p.m. We'll upload. It's our Ask Hawaii video series. Um, so it's like 30-second videos. Our readers and listeners ask us a question. We answer it. Super easy. Super fun. Very insightful. It's Kat and I kind of answering the questions for now. But we might have some special guests at some point. Yeah. Um, so if you have any questions, though, I mean, that's kind of the call to action is that uh, we need more questions. So if you have any questions, you can send them to us at media at hawaiimagazine.com. Uh, you can send them to ask at hawaiimagazine.com. Kat, do you have any others? You can send them to Kevin A at hawaiimagazine.com. There's help. There's, There's help. At save me. I don't even save know. We need a lot of help. <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of HawaiiMagazine.coms, but you can send it to any of those uh, addresses. Or comment on Instagram. Or, yeah, you can find the, our first episode, and you can comment on that as well, and then we'll just pick and choose. And, right. And, yeah, and it's a ton of fun, so you should you should tune into that. Um, mm-hmm. Now. Every Friday. But now we're going to we're gonna segue back. Yeah. What's your segue? There is no segue. I'm what? Just, no need. Oh. It's called a pivot. It's oh. <laughs> a hard pivot. pivot. Okay. So we're, we're here with Kainoa specifically mm. because yeah. um, HBCB launched the Kuleana series, mm-hmm. the video series on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And we found it really interesting because um, we had a lifeguard on a few episodes ago. We did. Talking, Tanner Hayden. Talking specifically about ocean safety oh, okay. um, because we know our readers frequent the islands and you know I think part of our responsibility as journalists or as writers is to of course entice people to come to the islands but do it in a very respectful way sure. and I we watch the videos yeah and that's kind of what the Kuleana campaign yeah. is about I mean if you could describe it in your own words what did you so. think about the videos Oh, uh, they're very well produced. Yeah. They looked okay. expensive. They did. They were. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to the like, I know they're like, authority. They're only like a minute long, but I said there was like oh, yeah. 12 different cuts each 10 seconds, There's, and I know each yeah. one must have been like $100. I attended, I attended two of them, uh, Ulalia Woodside for the hiking safety mm-hmm. and Duane DeSoto for the ocean safety, both for Oahu, and they took half a day. Oh, yeah. Really? Lots of, yeah. Oh, I mean, a better part wow. of half a day. That's yeah, for amazing. a 15 second, 30 second, and one minute. 
clips, yeah. if you will. But I mean, they were very thorough. You know, a yeah. lot of editing, and so yeah. yeah, it's quite the process. But it, you know, HVCB is 116 years old this year, and so we've always been responsible for pre-arrival. Mm-hmm. Get them here. You know, when you look back on ad campaigns back from the 70s and 80s, it was just sunset and surf. You know, it wasn't anything. What makes a you special from a culture place? None of that was part of any of our campaigns prior. And um, we've been evolving. So when I started with the Bureau about almost nine years ago, um, it was living in the moment was the campaign. I remember that. And it was like showing a couple on a beach mm-hmm. watching, you know, the sunset or yeah. a restaurant or whatever. And then we fast forward a little bit to what's still kind of going on, but let Hawaii happen. Mm-hmm. So you have the same couple watching the sunset, but maybe a surfer is coming out of the water. And then maybe they're interacting or they're in the restaurant and interacting with the server or the chef or whatever. So we fast forward a little bit because we're realizing that that's not, still not telling our story of who we are. So we fast forwarded to Hawaii Rooted. And that's uh, the marketing campaign. Then I'll get to Kulia in a moment, but the marketing campaign. So now same sunset surfer coming out of the water, but we removed a couple. We just want to talk to the surfer now. Yeah, we just want to, why is surfing spiritual important to you? Or, or the uh, server or the, the chef, why is farm to table important to you? So removing, mm-hmm. allowing the consumer to place themselves anywhere. So that's been our marketing campaign. And so basically once the visitor gets here, we're done. Great. That's somebody else's kuleana responsibility to take care of them. Well, kuleana, our post-arrival. First time in 116 years we have a post-arrival campaign. So the way I like to frame it is... So we don't want to be scolding anybody. We're not, we're not trying to say, come to Hawaii, but behave. <laughs> I mean, we really want them to, you know, so my, my analogy is, welcome to our home, but we leave, please leave your slippers outside. So just giving them some soft guidelines, some soft, you know, just that, well, if you're going to stay on the trail, this is why you're staying on the trail. You get this better scenic outlook, safety, etc. So the post-arrival campaign, Kuleana, um, just launched and so it's going to be playing in airplanes i think we've already committed to several oh, wow. international as well um i think hawaiian started we're going to be working with southwest airlines mm-hmm. um something again the international japanese flights translating some of it into i believe japanese chinese korean maybe european languages down the road um but the beauty of the word kuleana like most hawaiian words have multiple meanings mm-hmm. Um, like aloha, we, you know, there's just layers and layers of, of that meaning of that word. Mahalo, it means more than just thank you, it's respect also. So kuleana, while we often assign responsibility, mm-hmm. it also means privilege. So it's I get to versus I have to. So I, I get to follow these rules or I get to be safe. I get to, you know, <clears throat> get back to the place. So they're not all just ocean safety or, or, or hiking safety, which those are extremely important. We also have culture. Mm-hmm. You know, it's important. So each island has a cultural person that we've interviewed for the, for the again, 15 second, 30 or one minute about asking permission about yeah that was my favorite one I yeah like, like you see kapu and you know oftentimes you don't even know what kapu means as a visitor you mm-hmm. know it, it was the religion of old hawaii once upon a time um but today it literally or generally refers to no trespassing or do not cross but um we want to just help them to be on that journey with us because it's not just for visitors i think i think locals have a responsibility kuleana as well but again back to privilege we get to live here yeah, and these, these visitors get to visit here. So mm-hmm. we have a responsibility back to the place um, because it's a privilege that we get to live and or visit. Was there a reason or an impetus for <clears throat> this campaign? Like, did something happen? Yeah. Or, okay. I, think, I think so, yeah. To the great um, question because I think what happened, the reason for, I missed a step, the reason between Let Hawaii Happen to Hawaii Rooted was social media. Uh, the Let Hawaii Happen hashtag, for mm-hmm. example, 
was going off the trail itself mm -hmm. because we're now seeing, and I'm not blaming anybody, but the millennials, <laughs> no. We're seeing travelers who want to do something edgy, mm -hmm. something dangerous, something that they can't do at home, you know? So yeah. they're using that, began, that hashtag began, we're seeing it on Stay Rid of Heaven. We don't promote that. Yeah. That's we're definitely not something we'd ever promote. Right. It was in places that were kind of dangerous and that's where Rooted came from. It's like, well, let's try to redo the narrative a little bit, like pull it back and, and reclaim it rather. Mm -hmm. And so Kuleana kind of sprouted from that idea. Like, okay, well now that we're, we have this beautiful campaign, in some ways it was almost a little heavy. Some of the Rooted videos, I don't know if you've ever seen any mm -hmm. of them, they're beautifully done, but they can be a little heavy. Some of them, you know, and I love them all and we're gonna continue to work with them into the new year as well. Um, but yeah, Kuleana kind of stemmed from that, like, well, we have all this pretty glitzy and then visitor sentiment, excuse me, resident sentiment from some of our surveys, mm -hmm. you know, through the Hawaii Tourism Authority and ourselves seeing that visitors are like, hey, blaming the tourists for the you know, things that sometimes they didn't know. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, and some of those rules and guidelines are in a lot of our collateral, mm -hmm. but that's still also pre-arrival. You're going to plan your trip with the travel planner and you're going to close it and leave it at home when you come on your actual vacation. Mm -hmm. All the rules are in there, safety and, you know, police and beach and whatever. They're all in that book. They're not really seeing it. So it's more of a gentle reminder and they're flying in on the plane. Um, or I think it's going to be geocached where if you're certain areas, it'll, it'll feed into your Facebook oh. and Instagram. So you'll see oh, wow. it. Yeah. So That's put in behind there's, oh, there's a lot of residents that mm -hmm. can... And, and residences will see it too. I was going to mm -hmm. say, yeah, I feel like you're right. It is kind of our mm -hmm. responsibility as residents and locals, not mm -hmm. even just to respect the land, but also to kind of like teach, you know, people who are, or visitors who are mm -hmm. not from here, kind of how to respectfully, how do, how, how do locals and residents, you know, kind of respectfully yeah. let people know about these sort of things? You know, that's, I think that's kind of a big, without just being, you know, angry. Sometimes or, the challenge is we, as residents, as locals, we often, we see a crowded place and we automatically blame the visitors, mm -hmm. you know? And there's certain places that, when I we were talking earlier today in the office before I came over, the uh, Halona Beach, mm -hmm. next to Halona, Coconut, uh, Cockroach Cove, right. or From yeah. Here to Eternity, whatever, all the different names it has. Um, we were talking about how we don't promote that because it's behind a sign that says no trespassing. It does enable you to get to the blowhole, and yet we literally grew up swimming there. Mm -hmm. Even Sandy Beach, we yeah. grew up swimming there, but we don't promote those places. Those are places we, we don't want visitors to go. But imagine yourself visiting a place, and you're seeing everybody there. Don't you want to go where the locals are? Mm -hmm. So it's tricky. It's, yeah. it's a fine line that we're trying to walk that... You know, go here, but don't go there. But the locals are there, but, but they can and you cannot. Yeah. Ah, so it's interesting because, yeah, you're right. Like, I think a lot of visitors, path. they want to be locals or mm -hmm. they want to travel like mm -hmm. they're travel a like local, a local. Lo yeah. like a local, like where mm -hmm. they, you know, where all the locals I like go. to try to blend in when I travel. I like Dude, to try to blend I, as much as I can. I don't want to look like a, yeah, a visitor, I don't you know? Like a, there's a negative connotation to tourist, which is why we often use the word visitor. Mm -hmm. yeah. But, you know, I don't want to look like a tourist and, and with that negative connotation. Yeah. Neither did they. So you mentioned about social media and the hashtag let Hawaii happen, which, uh, yeah, it did kind of go off the rails, but it blew up. I mean, yeah. that hashtag Which is amazing. Huge. Yeah, it overtook ours. It was, yeah. It overtook Havaloha Will Travel. I, I'm I so sorry. I think it was always bigger than Havaloha Will Travel. Yeah. So anyway, but I was just curious <laughs> about social media and how it's impacted in, in your perspective mm -hmm. or in the Bureau's perspective, how it's altered the way we perceive Hawaii or the yeah. way Hawaii is perceived or how people engage with Hawaii because... Um, you know, I, I do think that everyone's looking for the shot. Everybody wants a beautiful waterfall hike shot. You know what I mean? It's kind of changed the way people travel, it right? It really has, yeah. I think, you know, with this campaign, you know, influencing it, um, feeding it into our social media feeds, um, it's really what we can do for now. Um, 
us taking what responsibility we can, you know, and then working with our partners, working with state and county mm-hmm. um, and federal, if, depending on the sites, in, in trying to push the messaging out as much as possible. I mean, I'm guilty of just skipping past sponsored ads and whatnot on social media, but, you know, I think that these resonate because, like you said, we did spend a decent amount of money because we want people to watch them. We mm-hmm. want them to stop and say, what am I looking at? What is this pretty video? You know, and then in that, they get that message, and that's what you, you know, why it's bite-sized. You know, our attention spans are so small now with social media that we might only have those 15 seconds to convey the message. But how do you convince a traveler who is looking for <clears throat> the shot yeah. or looking for the selfie? Sometimes for the shot that might not even exist. You know? No, 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 but I mean like mm-hmm. they like they want the top of haiku stairs or they want... Yeah. And now we're telling them, no, you know what? Go on a state-sanctioned trail. <laughs> yeah, stay on the you know, trail, like, not get off. Loop trail. Yeah. Like, you know? But you know what I mean? Like they don't—they're like, well, whatever. They don't want to do that. They want something adventurous and, and dangerous. Yeah, yeah, you know. And so, how do you convince yeah. those people? Like, hey, you know, actually, it's more about the respect of you yeah. know, the place rather than your Instagram feed. Yeah, this campaign is just starting. You know, this is the first time we've actually had this kind of, you know, again, post-arrival messaging. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take a minute. Um, just to, I mean, to <laughs> He's not ready for this. No, no, no. We, we're, we're, you know, again, this is the first time we're addressing it. I mean, you know? it's a hard so thing. It's, it's going to take a minute. You know, and part of it, too, is defining the quote-unquote trail. So sometimes we are talking about a literal trail, right. but oftentimes off the beaten path. You know, we talk about things like that. And as locals, we think about the path very differently mm-hmm. than the visitor does. Mm. You know, and so it's our opportunity to, I guess, redefine that path, you know, or that, that trail that they're on. So sharing, highlighting, for example, on the island of Molokai, um, there's already some sensitivities with promoting the island of Molokai. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of the residents are saying, okay, we're ready. We're beginning to get ready, rather, for visitors, but we want to do it in our way. We're like, great, cool, you know, what does that look like? And so it's working with their farms, their their guides, whatever, that, you know, they're, they're ready and prepared to, to convey that instead of just us sending them to places that, oh, it's a state park, you can go there. Well, the state park might have or that trail might have restrictions because of the local residents that live there we're unaware of. So working with the communities as much as we can. So we have island chapters on every island. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and they oftentimes are our eyes and ears on those respective islands. And so kind of helping work with that. But yeah, it's your question is, it's tricky to answer because it's still very brand new, you know, and we've always just been a marketing entity. Mm-hmm. You know, that's been our number one thing is we're responsible to market and then somebody else is there to help mm-hmm. fill that gap, but no one's been. Mm-hmm. So now we're stepping up and saying, okay, well, We'll try. Mm-hmm. So that's where we are right now. That's interesting. I do feel like a lot more outfitters are trying to be more respectful, mm-hmm. trying to yeah. um, intertwine conservation messaging or education elements mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. like their tours. Because I feel like I think resident. There's a lot of I mean, you have the data. Most people who come here now from the U.S. are repeat visitors. Yeah. yeah. So they don't necessarily want to go to the Luau and Waikiki. Yeah. And so know? for some, for example, to that point, like off the beaten path, might be going to Ilani Palace. As as you know, we can. We walk past and drive past it on a daily basis, some of us, in downtown Honolulu. Visitors take four or five repeat visits to even find it. Mm. You know, so that's part of that path. Well, how many locals have been to you? Oh, no, worse. I I literally went for the first time maybe one week ago. Most people, fourth grade was the last time. Yeah, exactly. If at all. If at all. Or Pearl Pearl Harbor. Mm -hmm. Like, no, my friends. If I didn't do this job, I don't know if I ever would have been over there. That's what I'm saying. Uh Funny, yeah. I've never gone to Pearl Harbor. You finally did Diamond Head Trail. I finally did Diamond Head Trail. To be fair, I'm a country bumpkin, so I never made it out here. Sure. Yeah. 
that crazy? So part of it, too, to that point is cultural training and awareness that I have been conducting with our members. And our members include our hotels and our rental cars and our airlines, et cetera, et cetera, and doing cultural training with them to help them understand the product better from a cultural lens and then enable them to help tell that story. So as part of the training, we do language pronunciation for Hawaiian words, uh, Hawaiian values. We talk about places, talk about history. And at the very end of all these trainings, I introduce some of these tools that we have created that they can use. And so hopefully, you know, like a lot of these things will end up in the guest room, television, again, the airlines, but it doesn't do us any good if the front desk staff or the flight attendants don't have any idea about it. So getting the word out to them as well to help them be ambassadors of this message as well. Mm -hmm. So I think as we get that out, and some of our trainings that we include um, are tours of the palace, you know, and helping our, like for Oahu specifically, helping them understand what downtown Honolulu looks like from a, from a cultural place, mm -hmm. um, from our museums, and then on the neighbor islands doing the same for our members, getting them out of the respective places of work, like their hotels or whatever, and getting them to CEL Valley, or getting them, taking them to Waimea Canyon, mm -hmm. and, and getting them out, and then helping them to understand from a cultural place, but then incorporating where we can, Kuliana and safety. So... Is there Extension. anything cultural um, that you think visitors may not, are not aware of? Because like, for example, you mentioned the video where you're, if you're entering a place, it was customary to, you know, do the oli mm -hmm. or the chant yeah. and you, um, you sort of ask permission mm -hmm. to enter, which we don't really do. I mean, I think sure. Japanese do when you go into a dojo, right? Yeah. You bow and, and you thank the place. But um, are there other things that you feel visitors may not know about, but it's, it's, <coughs> it's interesting. Yeah, maybe some and, things you want to... I mean, they're not going to learn only to come to Hawaii. No, no, no. But, in, fact, you know, in fact, with some of these kuleana that, you know, the cultural folks that we were working with were expressing that. And when I was watching it while we were editing, I said, oh, okay, so I'm from Ohio and I'm, and I'm, what am I, how am I supposed to enter? So we, we tried to address that in the editing, even of the videos, mm -hmm. and that it's a, it's a opportunity to just check with local guides to, you know, so in that regard, that is, I guess, the cultural correlation, you know, because like, we're doing it for to enter the halal before hula you know and that's a very very super specific thing that visitors from around the world aren't and won't be doing um i think the first one that comes to mind is lei flower lei yeah we everybody gets to the airport and they're if it was part of their package or they you know for the, the luau they're attending they're given generally like, or, or like hotels give out lei mm -hmm. yeah. yeah so so sometimes you're getting multiple lei you know and i think them understanding it that the lei is the personification of aloha and so it's also us to educate our own selves our locals that when giving the lei yeah it's it's an extension of our of our welcome it's extend, you know it's not just throwing it around the neck ring toss mm -hmm. you know <laughs> like you, so you go to some places ring toss click take a picture now twenty dollars thank you so much and then they take the plastic lid back i mean that just defeats the whole purpose of it you know but i think just the the way that they're wearing it discarding it and really what alay represents i think because that's the first thing that came to my mind and places like they, they go to do kahanamoku statue in waikiki and start playing ring toss we don't like that, you know, that, that lay was given to you ideally with love, mm -hmm. you know, and, and should be worn and respected that way. And the city and county hates having to remove those lay every evening. Speaking of which, so. <laughs> I have a, I have problems discarding lay. Mm -hmm. It is a huge issue for yeah. me. How do you do it? Yeah. That's what I now, want how, Well, how do you do it right now? Well, I take it do to you? my grandmother's okay. grave. Okay. But... For, for visitors, it's trickier. I cannot, but but even for yeah. me, like if I don't have a grave to go yeah. to, right? Yeah. I don't know what to do. I can, yeah. like I cannot throw it away. Yeah, yeah. So keep, what do you do? I keep it in my fridge until it 
But then what do you do, yeah, after? What do, you do after? I just keep it in my fridge. No, you, it's a, not still I, in your I have fridge. A, I have Cemetery a, of Lays. No, I don't shit, dude. It's you in need my, to post you know, a picture of that. You know, you know the bottom drawer, the, the fresher, the freshener, the, the crisper? The crisper. I keep it's them all in my fridge. No, that's not true. Yeah, they're all very bright. Well, anyway, what So what I do, what I do is I have like a a rack thing in front of my front door. This is just me. And and I've lived in the same apartment for almost about 10 years now. And every lay that I receive goes on that. So it's about three feet high now, dry, <gasps> brown, dead lay. And so wow. what am I going to do in the future? So when I was in high school, you know, <coughs> to graduation and whatever, mm-hmm. you have that stack of lays. So I had it in my room, my bedroom at home. And after I graduated and I was moving, I was, my mom's like, you better clean out your room. So that it's like, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh gosh, I could take all that out. So what I ended up doing was taking all the dry lay and putting them in one big bag and crumpling it down, pulling out the strings and ribbon and using it as mulch. I mean, so that might be extreme for some. The grave is a great option. Um, the tricky part about taking it back out into nature are the strings and ribbon. Mm-hmm. You know, so what I, what I tell uh, when I'm with groups with visitors sometimes and I'll tell them you know if we're visiting Pearl Harbor as part of our tour you might want to just bring your scissors and we're going to snip the string and the and the ribbon and we can take that and scatter that at Pearl Harbor the flowers yeah so you can scatter the flowers anywhere and then you can throw the string and the mm-hmm. ribbon away mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so I mean that's like like if in your backyard or if you're wherever you if you have you know nature nearby returning the lay to nature is ideally the best thing without the string without the string ribbon. And ribbon. I think that's where we, we got to you know, be if you throw them in yeah. the water the poor honu is going to like, might, might eat the flowers and then swallow the string. I'm so glad so. we don't release balloons anymore. Yeah. That was yeah. 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 So I mean that's I mean more or less what I what I do. And, okay. You know sometimes what I actually tell visitors though you know if they they receive the lay at the front desk and they're not going to ever have an opportunity to really return it, um, lovingly leave it on the dresser. Mm. In the room oh. and then housekeeping. Well, that's you know that's you, their you problem. Left it behind. That's their yeah because because you know regifting a lay it's it's. Each person's individual prerogative. If somebody gave me a lei um, and I'm wearing it, and I normally wouldn't because now that's part of me, because I received the mana from that person, that lei is now part of me and that individual. But let's say I have an auntie I haven't seen in 20 years. We cross paths and I'm wearing this lei. As part of my hug and kiss to say hello, I might just slip that bad boy off my neck and put it right around hers it, because now I'm just, I haven't seen this woman. So a special occasion, you might re-gift a lei or re-give it otherwise. You know, you keep that around you and that's part of you. And then, like I said, for visitors specifically, since, you know, that's often who we're dealing with or working with, is just leave it lovingly in the room. And <laughs> Okay, what about the use of Hawaiian language? Mm-hmm. So when a visitor comes to Hawaii and they want to use aloha, mahalo, yeah. all that, yeah. how do you... How do, not how do you feel about it, but, I mean, you're Hawaiian, but, I mean, just also, I mean, how do you explain mm-hmm. the use of that language? Do you sure. encourage it? Yeah. I, well, so it, it goes back to our locals again, our residents. Do they know it? Are they able to I don't use Hawaiian. Exactly. I don't so use, I've, I've yeah. had a lot of people who've shared that with me. They're like, they're not comfortable. But I think anybody who lives here, regardless of whether you're Hawaiian or not, because pre- not pre-contact, but during the monarchy, everybody who lived here, you were Hawaiian because you lived in the Hawaiian kingdom. My right? grandmother kingdom has a, yeah, she was a subject of the yes, Hawaiian you're kingdom. you a subject of the yeah, kingdom yeah, yeah. and the language mm-hmm. was Hawaiian. Mm-hmm. So right. everybody, so she spoke right, Hawaiian. regardless of blood quantums, mm-hmm. was technically Hawaiian at the time, um, should and could and did speak Hawaiian. Mm-hmm. We were the most bilingual nation in the world in the 19, 1830s, second only to Scotland. Really? Wow. Random fact from the That's a really random fact, we're but a good the one. Hawaii, uh, Hawaii yeah. Nation Houses Museum. <laughs> but we're also the only state that has the Yeah, so of the 50, official... of the 50, we're the only one with two official languages. Right. 
And so, you know, you can write to check in to the bank in Hawaii and you can get your diploma from the university's public school system in Hawaii. And, and, you know, and so we've actually, we've incorporated Hawaiian as much as we can into what we're doing. But back to your question, um, we have a tool on the HTA, or excuse me, on our Go Hawaii website, uh, gohawaii.com, where you can click on a language thing and you can hear how the words are pronounced and you can practice and use them. And, and you should use them, you know, and, and ideally, again, it goes back to the locals, but having everybody feel comfortable in being able to use at least the basics of aloha and mahalo. I mean, at the very, very least, using those two words. And so we try our best to teach what we He can. says aloha terribly. Aloha. Ah, <laughs> uh, aloha kako. Oh, no, oh, don't stop. Do that. <laughs> don't do that. Where's the bleep button for that? <laughs> I'll bleep it in. Oh, I'll never so be able bad. to ask more. Oh, and his pigeon is horrible. Oh, but you know what? My though? pigeon is terrible. It's not good. You know, there's a, have you used the Duolingo app? What no. Duolingo, Duolingo app? is Where? a language app. It's that language no. learning app? Yeah. Oh, so, no. Kamehameha schools, uh-huh. Punanaleo, and other Hawaiian, Hawaiian entities have partnered with Duolingo. And oh. so their Hawaiian language, their Hawaiian language section is pretty decent. I mean, it needs kinks. It works, you know, there's some kinks in there like others, but they, in, for indigenous language year, I think this year, Navajo and Hawaiian were added. Cool. To, to so that's actually, and I use it, you know, to refresh and to mm-hmm. stay sharp. And so, I mean, not necessarily endorsing Duolingo, but because the back end of it for the Hawaiian section is Kamehameha Schools and other Hawaiian entities, it's pretty legit. So, so that's something we've begun sharing as well, locally, as well as, you know, where we can that you want to learn, you can take the ba- even just the basic 101 stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and come mm-hmm. a little prepared in it. Yeah, yeah, people can do that. Because you know the missionaries, the, the missionaries arrived in 1820. Mm-hmm. They actually arrived speaking Hawaiian. They arrived They arrived speaking from Hawaiian? Boston wow. speaking Hawaiian. How did so they in the late the... 1700s, <clears throat> Henry, or Opukahaia was his name, um, he left Hawaii. Kamehameha the Great was unifying the island of Hawaii, and through their war, so a group of these young men on the losing side of the battle were like, we don't like it, we're out of here. So they jumped on a merchant ship. Six months later, world circumnavigation, they make their way to New England. And there they discover theology and, and monotheism, the study of one religion, and Christianity. And so this guy, Opukahia, whose biblical name becomes Henry, he starts taking classes at Princeton, you know, the theology classes at Princeton. And he's the gentleman, again, from the island of Hawaii, who introduces the idea to the American Board of Foreign Missions to go on a mission to Hawaii. You're kidding. So he and a few other young Hawaiians who had left Hawaii as well all helped them to understand. So when they arrived, they didn't say, hi. They arrived saying, aloha, where's Kamehameha? They already kind of knew how to. Wow, You're kidding. that's why I had no yeah. idea. I had no idea. So that the, those um, those Hawaiian boys that went off to mm-hmm. New England, mm-hmm. did they raise families? Did they come back to well, Hawaii? Well, Henry Opukahi's so body was returned. He passed away and was buried in Connecticut, where he died. Um, as far as I know, majority of the boys all came back with the missionaries. Oh. So they were Hawaiians on board. Yeah, yeah. When they pulled in, that must have been so, so confusing. Yeah. Probably, well, I think they figured out eventually because they came in and they weren't fluent yet, but they were able to speak able to converse speak. some Hawaiian. I was just curious if there were like lineage still mm, on the... I would lineage. venture to say there might have... Yes, yeah, some may have stayed. I don't know that one. That's actually a really... I kind of want to look into that number. Oh, wow, right? So, I don't know. Let's just there's, start a I mean, history podcast. So. Mm-hmm. Because I know in Alaska, because there, yeah. you know, the migration, yeah. there's a lot of Hawaiians in yeah. Alaska that didn't really spend time in Hawaii. Yeah. I mean, this is like generations. That's like uh, Kalama, they call it, but it's Kalama. Right, which is my family, by the way, Kalama. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that that, was mispronounced after generations. So it's Kalama. They they pronounce it as Kalama, but it's spelled K-A-L-A-M-A. Kidding me. I think it's in either Alaska or somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. There's There's a handful of places that have Hawaiian names that got changed over 
time because the gold rush too a bunch of them went mm-hmm. I guess it's east from Hawaii there's an Aloha Oregon mm-hmm. if anybody is from Aloha Oregon send us an email yeah, yeah. I love yeah. how far off topic we've gone oh. uh, whatever but it's great I mean it's very <laughs> interesting no, we're, so, we're talking about culture we're talking about culture and visitors and visitors yeah. Yeah, and well, people been, coming to Hawaii been, Nick, Nick, some of my friends call me the derailer I like to take a conversation and derail but I think you derailed this one Honestly, look, you two are just yeah. a okay. derailing machine. Yeah. Are we even recording? Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, oh, have we even started? Have we even started? We are, right? Yeah, yeah, we're oh, still recording. Oh. It's like, wait, no. Oh, well, yeah, no. I gotta go. No, I'm just kidding. I see sound waves. <laughs> we're good. Um, you wanted to talk about the uh, local. Oh, you had no other questions about Kuliana? Uh, I feel like we've we've gone long enough. We've exhausted that. We've exhausted so that. So our November December issue, um, the theme for it was the locals' guide to the islands. And there so it is, right there. This is issues. a very unconventional cover for us, by the really? way. Really? Well, what do you mean? I know. Are this you... actually looks like one of our covers almost. Isn't it nice? Yeah, with Leahi in the background. You're and welcome. Kind of That's yeah. So Leahi is Diamond Head. Yeah. For those of you who Le- don't know, oh, we have the Moniz family, Le- by the way, the oh. very famous surfing family okay. from I know. Mark yeah. Akilupo, yeah. right? In yeah, the look front at Mark Akilupo. Remember oh. him from back in the yeah, day? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Turn we have this bowl. surfing family <laughs> catching waves in Waikiki. This is so kind of it's it feels retro a little bit, you I know. Can, I can when you say that, I see that. But know. we thought it was very iconic. It was very locals guide. Mm-hmm. I like and it, yeah. Anyway, Are so we have a sneak peek up by the time this podcast goes up. When is this podcast going up? Like in two weeks? Uh, no, no it's going this. up next Monday. Oh, I don't know if we're gonna have a sneak peek. Anyway, in it we mm-hmm. do. Um, we have interviews with yeah, um, some good people, notable Hawaii folks, Very, from different islands, yeah. from different islands, from yeah. different industries. But I can't really yeah. put together quite the quite the list yeah. of people to talk to. Yeah, it's a good. It's actually a really nice cross section. It's a it's a very solid list. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, I like it a lot. It's all we had room for, actually, were those. Mm-hmm. But but I wanted I wanted to turn the tables on you. Yeah, we were going to get you in there, but we couldn't. So yeah. now we can ask yeah. you the questions. Because you didn't have the wide angle lens. We didn't have the money. Yeah. We didn't have the money. Yeah, couldn't yeah, afford yeah. We couldn't me. afford you. Right. So, anyways, um, so some <laughs> of the line, so yeah. the kinds of questions we asked were really what since they're all local people mm-hmm. um, and they or they have roots here. Mm-hmm. We asked them things about like their favorite places to go, favorite beaches, their childhood mm-hmm. memories. The um, time. Haunts, yeah. is, that, is that what you said? What? Small, Small kid time kid haunts. Time haunts. Oh, I, maybe we said that. I don't remember. Hanabata like, days. Hanabata days. Yeah. Just so, okay, for example, like where's your go-to place for lunch? Oh, Rainbow Drive-In. Oh, yes. I mean, I don't even, I just went there two days ago, Lokomoko. I mean, just, it seems like, I hate, it sounds cliche sometimes, I think, to us, but for someone who's visiting and you really want to taste what a, to me, what a real plate lunch tastes like, especially growing up in the area. I did live in Kapuhulu for a while, which was right down the street, so we ate there a lot, but... Yeah, I mean, you know what, the beauty in this place is the, people talk about Hawaii is a melting pot. And I think, have you ever looked inside a pot that's all melted? It's kind of gross. Yeah. So I prefer to think about us Salad as a bowl. stew. Oh, a stew. Yeah, oh. so all of us maintain our individual chunkiness, <coughs> but with, with different cultures, religions, races, etc., maintaining somewhat of their own integrity and independence, but all marinating together mm-hmm. and all living in a big pot called Hawaii. And so that's what the origins of the plate lunch, pigeon English, you know, those kind of things without... That without Japanese, Chinese, Filipino, Portuguese, the kind of the four main, you know, um, races that came, you know, addition to Hawaiian, I, I think that has really complemented this place and everyone adding their own seasoning to this place. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to me, plate lunch is just the most perfect 
thing in the world. And what do you get? Loco moco. Yeah. Just you do like gravy all over. Too. Yeah, yeah. How's, how's your eggs? Over easy. Okay. Especially oh, gravy always. on the max salad. You put gravy on max salad. Like, you know, so another place. I'm always surprised living. when they ask me how, how I want my eggs. Why? I don't know. I've always, I've just, well, how could you do scrambled? Uh, how, yeah, that, that, that's the People thing. Like, what do you mean? Like, what, you on get scrambled on a loco moco? Oh, on a loco moco? Why? I don't know. It's always over. I get scrambled on fried rice. Yeah. But that's different. Fried rice is okay, but on a loco moco. On a loco moco. There's only one egg yolk. You have to let the yolk run. Well, let not everyone run. feels yeah. that way. It's got to be runny, too. If it's not runny, I'm like a little... Can, can, you, can I get another one? He doesn't can even I... eat locomoco. And I so what are you talking about? You eat Triscuits. No way, dude. And peanut butter. Yeah, but every That's time I go to Lique Lique, you know what I'm getting? Locomoco. There's a reason why. We can't talk about that on air. Because your mom Uh-oh. is listening. Uh-oh. But anyway. Okay. It's okay. She does. Neighbor Island. <laughs> no, I what, what, If you were going to... What's your favorite neighbor island and what do you like to do there? I think I'll get in trouble if I, as an employee of the Hawaii Beer oh, really? if I say that my favorite okay. is the island of Hawaii. Oh, sorry. Is it the big island? Oh. I just love that place. You know, but so my mom's from Mailuku. My mom's from Maui. Her grandmother was from Hanapepe, from Kauai. My, her grandfather, his roots come from Kau. On the island of Hawaii. The yeah, absolutely. So I really do have a love and an affinity for every island, and I feel connected to every island. Um, if I'm landing in, uh, let's say, I want to just jump to Maui. If I'm in Maui, I got to go to Sam Sato's. Oh, yeah. In Drive Waiko. in. I just love that. Um, if I'm in Kauai, I mean, not to sound, you know, but Hamura's, I mean, we just, we love. Tip Tops is fun, too. I just learned about Gothenburg sausage. You didn't know about that? No, but not just like today kind of learned, but like a couple years ago, I went to, I went to Tip Top for the first time years ago, but I'm like, what is this? Gothenburg. So we ordered it. I'm like, what is this? And I started realizing it's only on Kauai. And in only fact, a lot of Kauai people didn't realize it's only on Kauai. And it's not even from Kauai. Right, which is yeah, confusing. So I ended up, I went to um, I Big Save. It's, it's, like, it's just a sausage, like wow. salami-ish sort of. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's amazing. It's super salty. But I yeah. bought a big log of it from Sack and Big Save or Big Sack. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not Big Sack. Big Sack. I don't know what it's called. Uh, but, uh, big Sack's a different podcast. Oh, I think it is yeah, Big yeah. Save. That's big for save. dark nighttime. But um, <laughs> so I, I bought this thing. It took me about a month to get through it. But yeah. Anyway, um, tangenting. When I'm on Hawaii, when I'm in uh, Big Island Grove, so in are you, Kona. Are you a Hilo or Kona kind Hilo, of person? Hilo, Hilo, yeah. Because I, you know, I like Me Kona too. a lot, but it's dry, and I like I like the rain of yeah. Hilo. I like the, I like the tropic. Yeah, you can hear you can hear all my language spoken at KTA. I thought you said you can hear Koki frogs, but you know what? I mean? Oh I like the man, frogs. can you yeah. hear Koki frogs? You know, the first time I heard the Koki frog, I was like, "What it's is pretty, that? Yeah. It's so noisy!" No, the first time I was irritated mm-hmm. for the first time. Now it's like if they're not cookieing, I'm like, "Where's the cookies?" Yeah, because sometimes it's quieter. Some nights are quieter than others. But now it's just this nice white noise in the background that you just kind of... It's, it's like when I used to live by a freeway and then I'm yeah. like, you just hear yeah. cars all the time. Yeah, we lived on Big Street and we'd hear the cars yeah. all day long and then I visit my dad who's from Utah and he lives in a town called Logan and there's anybody from Logan, aloha. But <laughs> it would be so quiet, I couldn't sleep at night because it's so quiet. Yeah, so I need, need a, yeah, a, need a little noise. I'm a little okay now, but yeah. I'm on the, on the other end of Big Street. So Hilo, what do you like in Hilo? Hmm, Vernas is pretty good. Vernas? Um, are you a Koji? Cafe 100 when you no. which one? Koji's. I don't think I've been to that one. There's um where do I like to go? I mean, I just got a devour two ladies kitchen when I'm there. I know that's oh, not yeah. a restaurant, but my favorite is the brownie inside the mochi. Oh yeah, I do like the that. Pink one. I don't know why a lot of people I don't try that one. See, yeah, yeah a lot of, most people just that's go good. strawberry. Strawberry. I, I never so get good. the strawberry. But I used to order like a dozen on my drive to Kona or two dozen. Don't tell anybody that, but I eat the whole box. It's a long drive. It is, and I've got to sustain my my. That's my thing physique. about my the Big Island. Stay fluffy. It, it's hard to. I feel like it's hard to travel to the Big Island, and because it's so big. 
Well, it's a big island. Well, it's why it's, do you know why that island and the state have the same name? No. Have you ever thought about it? Okay, so in the late 1700s, there was a young man by the name of Kamehameha unifying islands, right? So there were other whalers and other foreigners who had come by there. It was still pre-missionary. But they Wasn't were, the, county, were, the kingdom seat in Kona at one well, point? Well, before we get to that, he, okay. before, so he's, he's from what island? The big island. Right, he's from Hawaii. Right. So anywhere he went, he, he had to think about this. Because what do you call the collection? There was no name of the collective islands. And so these foreigners from the outside were like, well, what do you call the collection? Every island had its own king or ruler or high chief, so there was no name for the collection. But now that Kamehameha, this point, this is like the late 1700s, he had jurisdiction over all islands from like Maui South. So he had to think about that. He's like, well, I'm from Hawaii, so everywhere I go is an extension of my Hawaii. So had he been from Kauai, we might have Kauai in airlines, mm. the state of Kauai. Maybe the state of Kauai. Yeah. So it just he happened to be from that island, and so that's why we we are the state Got of Hawaii it. today. So it's a much older name. So yes, the original um, seat of government was Kona, and then Lahaina, mm-hmm. and there's a brief time where it was actually Waikiki as well, but expand, extended out now to Honolulu. Um, but yeah, that's why there's the same name with the. the Whatever state happened Hawaii. to the Sandwich Isles? That was so. I know. Captain I mean, Coke. I know. Oh, but the name. Yeah, no one calls it that anymore. Yeah. Um, I mean, except for like a realtor. Nostalgically, I might weave it into some narrative, depending, but always trying to explain that it was the Earl of Sandwich, his benefactor, Captain Cook's benefactor. And that's why the sandwich comes from, um, and not just because all the islands are close to each other, sandwiched to each other. But I think yeah. I mean, that name was just a nickname by them, and that's the thing is like for us, part of our kuleana is and what we do is place names, you know, and resurrecting place names, and so. Uh, Leahi, Diamond Head. You know, when the British were arriving in the late in the nineteenth century, they thought they saw diamonds shimmering on this head of land, so they nicknamed it Diamond Head. But that's not our story, yeah. So, so in fact, like Lanai, for the island of Lanai, we have several places that we're trying to resurrect and maintain their Hawaiian place names. One of them is Kiahiakavelo. Have you heard of Kiahiakavelo? Mm-hmm. And what is its nickname? That's shipwrecks, right? No, oh, no, no, Garden no. Garden of the Gods. Oh, That's Garden kind of, of the Gods. Okay, okay, So, okay. Kiahiakavelo was nicknamed Garden of the Gods. And I was, and at first, when it first started years ago, I'm like, okay, whatever. And I began looking into, wait, 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 Kiahiakavelo, the fires of Cavelo. Why is it Garden of the Gods? There's a national park, I think in Colorado or Oregon, that's called Garden of the Gods. Oh. And it looks like the big red rocks and that moonscape. So somebody years ago nicknamed it, oh, Kiahiakavelo, well, it looks like Garden of the Gods. So the name kind of stuck. Huh. Well, we're using this opportunity now that you know all that we're promoting whatever to begin re- responsibly removing nicknames that have nothing to do with the place mm. you know like Chinese man's hat looks like a pocket man's hat a chinese plantation worker's hat but that story of of hiiaka polio pele battling you know goddess of fire sister battling the mo'o the, mm-hmm. the demigod you know over there and that when he fell you know, she defeated him, yeah, the, his back, the long back, Kualoa. When you look at the mountain range, it does look like a lizard lying down. Mm-hmm. And that Mokoli'i, Chinese had this little tail, the little lizard's tail sticking out. Mm-hmm. That's our story. So we want to tell our stories. And these, you know, although it's mythologically based, there's stories that are important to us. Then what's the story of like Pearl City and Salt Lake? What's the, what's the story what of Salt it? Lake? What is, I mean, there is a Salt Lake, but what, you know, like, Foreign, do we have place yeah. names for, I mean, like oh, Hawaiian place names for those areas? That's Moanalua. That's just Moanalua? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Pearl Harbor? Pearl Pu'ulo. Oh, so yeah, so these, are, these are names that, you know, we, as best we can and when we can, bring them back because it tells a story. Right. Some of them may be a little more modern than others, but, you know, like, even trying to be definitive between Coco Crater and Coco Head. You know, I was like, oh, I hiked Coco Head. I'm like, did you? 
that's the easiest hike in the island. Coco Crater is a completely different, you know, that's where the stairway is. That's where, you know, so there's just like being definitive and, and being clear. And, and I think that's part of our responsibility. And then the privilege to be able to tell these stories. And it's so, you know, it's interesting because I feel like we care so much about the history, the culture, mm -hmm. and the respect for land here mm -hmm. that don't you feel like when you travel, that's also interesting to you as a traveler? Mm -hmm. I'm aware of that. And that's how I said yeah. earlier. I don't want to be a tourist, quote unquote. Mm -hmm. I want to I want to blend in where I can. I want to I tread lightly, you know, and, I, and we are, you know, looking at sustainability as well and, and carbon footprint and, you know, begin possibly working with, with the Ecotourism Association more and more and just trying to you know, mitigate that or, or find that leverage. But I think that when I'm traveling, I think more and more people globally, thankfully, are aware mm -hmm. of their surroundings when they're traveling. And then more and more people, including myself, want to know a little bit more about the place that we're visiting. And so we're able to now, instead of four or five repeat visits, finding Bishop Museum or Iolani Palace, hopefully second and third visits, they'll begin finding it. And I often say, go to the beginning of your trips. So you can kind of frame the place better you know I do love yeah. to go to a museum not everybody does but I like to check out what the locals are doing so while I'm there in that place I can engage properly you know and that's what hopefully this Kuleana series will enable people to do is at least because they don't know who to ask they don't know they you know you don't know the rules until you know um, like some of these rules that we you know with city and county rules that you know you can't enter the crosswalk once the numbers start Oh yeah, How you know, know you that? know that. I don't. I, I don't know that. You can get a new. ticket. No, I know it's a relatively new thing. You can get a ticket. But how for do that. you know that? I'm just you know it's, a, it's sort of a rhetorical question. You have to question. get a ticket. You do right? Like, yeah. Like even what you're you know texting in the crosswalk. Yeah. yeah. You cannot. Yeah, you that's true. Actually, yeah, but you know that, yeah, you gotta, that. Get, you gotta get you know slapped on the wrist once before. So, but we don't want to do that. These are our visitors mm -hmm. who don't know these I things. I know, so like falling off a cliff isn't exactly the best way to learn that rule. So yeah. Or meditating in the forest. That's sad. Yeah, and getting lost on mushrooms. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, so being able to stay on the trail, um, not just for your safety, but for the safety of the environment around you. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, on the island of Hawaii, and I think it's growing, but rapid ohia death. Mm -hmm. You know, people traipsing into the forest, spreading diseases of the plant diseases and not knowing they're doing that. They don't affect us as humans, but it's killing our native trees. And so mm -hmm. that's part of it is that, hey, stay on the trail because a trail is not just safe for you, but safe for the forest. Right. You know, so when people begin to understand that it's much more than about them, just themselves or us as humans, then they really think, I think they think about it more. What's nice about the Kuleana series to me is that these are lessons that are universal. Yeah. That it's not just coming mm -hmm. to Hawaii where you should be respectful. Take it's wherever, you, even in your own home. Mm -hmm. You know, you should care about the place you are from too. You should take your shoes off. Yeah, well, always into the forest. We no. talked about that already. I don't know how people don't take their shoes off on the mainland in the and home. walk into their house. Yeah, I cringe. Right? That kind of hurts me a little bit. We're but trying you, to change that. Yeah. But it's culturally campaign. based in some ways too, right? I yeah, definitely. What culture? Japanese. No, well, see, I mean... But you know, in oh. Hawaii, we never had shoes before. Well, so we didn't have shoes. to walk worry about, you know, so there's that. Yeah, but neither in America. Mm. I mean, I think we had shoes in America. Anyway. You're right, though. You know, it's like when you're traveling... You kind, of, you kind of don't realize it when you break, like, societal... Like, sometimes there are oh, yeah. so minute, like, societal rules that... Like, for example, when I was in Japan, you know, I wore my backpack on the train and it was kind of crowded. And I didn't know that if it's crowded in a train, you're supposed to take your backpack off and either wear it in the front or kind of put it above oh, you so it doesn't bang bump, bump into you. people. And I didn't know about that rule until just common the, sense, the trip was over. That's what I say. <laughs> but also, I think people are forgiving when they know it's a visitor. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think people are but, mean but, about it. But to it, your but point, though, like if you were to, if sitting in a Japanese restaurant and you had a bowl of rice and you stab your chopsticks yeah. in a bowl of rice... 
you know, all of them were, ah, but you wouldn't have known that. So it's just a matter of, I think, learning and yeah, I think finding out how to ask. I don't know. Yeah, and just educating those We're kind growing, of. I think, as a society globally that, you know, we're, the world gets smaller and smaller every day because of social media and travel. And it's just easier and easier to get around. So it's kind of all our collective kuleana, whether it's, again, privileged to be able to do these things and responsibility to, to learn about them. So we all have that. But yeah, when I travel too, I kind of want to know a little bit more about where I'm going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's true for me. And then culture. I think, you know, I want to know more about that culture. So I think more and more people are asking the questions. Yeah. We like to think, especially in focus groups, you know, we're realizing people really don't know a lot about this place, you know. Yeah. So being able to present these to them right off the bat for the first time travelers. Yeah, that's I a think a lot more appreciated. You yeah. know, we'd like to think that because we're just starting, we don't have data on it yet. But, you know, I think more of the airlines, again, with the hotels and as we begin to engage with our membership with our partners in the industry you know and then like things like this so thank you for having us but um you know getting the word out we are going to embed um some of the videos in our blog post in our blog post yep. and how can people find these videos if they're at home yeah so they're so you can find them on youtube so our youtube channel is youtube.com slash go hawaii g-o hawaii go hawaii um you can also go to gohawaii.com, which is our consumer-facing page, and to learn more about you know tips in general, travel tips. Um, we also have our videos I talked about earlier, Hawaii Rooted. That's hawaiirooted.com, but they're all on the YouTube channel. Okay. You know okay. We, have, we have so we have it's under travel tips. We have the Rooted there. We have some of our Let Hawaii campaign videos from before, so it's all there. And there's a lot of some of them are fun. So if we have anybody who sells travel listening or travel planners, travel agents, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, they're great tools to share with your visitors. If you're you know, planned your trip and you're going to Maui, look at the Maui ones. You know, you can learn a little bit more about the island that way or all of them if you choose and have the time to do that. Yeah, and they're, and they're beautiful videos yeah. just to watch. I mean, we yeah, take a lot of care in really putting, well put you together. know, a lot of eyes see them, mm-hmm. a lot of time spent from within and as well as our, our, our contractors that we work with um, to make sure that we're putting forward the very best product that we can. To, mm-hmm. You know, it's our Kuliana too. Oh, what a nice way to wrap it up. I know. Thank you, for stopping by. Thank you so much. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, and you can find us um, in the same same spot, SoundCloud, iTunes, our website, HawaiiMagazine.com, as well as our Instagram, at HawaiiMagazine. If you have any questions, send it to media at HawaiiMagazine.com. Yeah. And stay tuned for our next episode in a couple of weeks. In a couple of weeks. Who will be on next? Who knows? Maybe it'll be Kainoa again. I'll be, I'll be back. Yeah, he'll but be wait, back. There's more. It's yeah. his podcast now. <laughs> I know. He's going to have his own podcast. Passing this on to you, like delay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, look I, at that. I'd be happily. Oh, my son. I do okay. want my own radio show. All right. All right. Okay, we'll see, you, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thank you.